Hello, everyone. David Jacobs here with you. Welcome back to D Stories. I am a professional voiceover actor. You can find me at davidjacobsvoiceovers.com, which is also the home of this particular podcast. These are simply stories about myself and my life. This one is called I Was Part of a Revolution. Now, let me qualify very quickly. I wasn't part of the civil rights revolution or the women's right to vote or anything. This is just about podcasting. This is very humble. It was a revolution, but I'm no hero here, okay? So it's very rare that you get to be involved in something that is a revolution, that truly changes the world. Most people don't get to be a part of anything like that. I certainly never expected to be part of that. And yet I was. I was part of the very earliest days of podcasting. And I think it's safe to say that podcasting has been a true revolution and has really changed the world, changed media, certainly changed the nature of radio. And I was there at the very beginning. Let me rewind very quickly to give you the context. I've told this story several times. Some of you may have heard it, some of you not. I will try to do it a little more quickly uh, than I do other times. I love radio. It's one of the reasons why I stand here today uh, as a podcaster, as a voiceover artist. I loved radio when I was just a kid. Um... The DJs on FM radio, playing my favorite songs, and more importantly, back then, FM radio, especially FM rock radio, they were allowed to play what they wanted to play and be who they wanted to be. DJs were allowed to make a real authentic connection with their audience and not be pre-programmed or what have you. And that's what really turned me on. I felt that connection. On AM radio, there were sports broadcasters like Chick Hearn, who did the Laker games, and Vince Scully, who did the Dodger games, two of the most amazing sport broadcasters you could ever want to hear. These guys brought the game to life with their voice like I'd never heard. So fast forward... I'm at Gonzaga University. I am pursuing a communications degree, and I've got a plan. I'm going to go to Silicon Valley because I have an absolute love, passion for technology. I just, technology is just, uh, I love it. I'm a geek at heart. So I'm going to go to Silicon Valley, and I'm going to probably work somewhere in the marketing-ish area. That's my plan. That's what I'm executing. Junior year, they open up a brand new radio station. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so excited. You're damn right I'm getting into this station. Uh, I love radio. So I get into this station. I do many things. I've got on-air shifts. I do post-production. I do everything I can possibly do because I love it. I've never had more fun in my life. It's the greatest thing. Being in this station, it is just intoxicating. I love it so much. To which you will now ask, 
why didn't you go into radio? Well, I did some research, talked to some real radio people, and radio is a very difficult career in a lot of ways. And I was already on a path to which something I also loved. It's not like I didn't follow my heart. My heart was split in two. I loved technology. I also loved radio. So I followed my heart just in a way that I thought was more practical. I'm not going to regret the past or any decisions. It is what it is. I did what I did, and I'm just not worrying about it. But I did go in that direction, and that's why. But burning in the background is always that love and passion for radio. That never goes away. That's always there, just hanging out, waiting. But you can't have radio as a hobby. I thought, you know, radio is a better hobby than it is a career. But uh, unless you own a transmitter, it's not a very practical hobby. So I go on with my life and I do what I do. And then all of a sudden, podcasting drops out of the sky from literally nowhere into my lap. And I'm looking at it, and there are people doing, in essence, radio shows. There are, this is now radio for all intents and purposes as a hobby. I can't believe it. I'm stunned. This is literally, in every sense of the actual literal phrase, a dream come true. I'd been dreaming about this for years. That dream never went away. And now my dream actually came true. But I don't have to be on the radio. I don't have to abide by the FCC or a corporation. I can have my own radio station decide what I want to do. It was a dream come true. And so, obviously, I jump into this and I become a podcaster. And this is at the very beginning. Podcasting, the very, very first podcasters had only been going for about four to five months before I jumped in. I was one of the first, I'm going to say, 40 or so people. I don't know the exact number, but there were very, very few podcasts, no more than 40 or so. And I was one of them, one of the very first people. And it was so damn exciting, so much camaraderie, because many of these people, some of them were old college radio guys like me, but we really all shared the same dream, that dream of radio and communication and having something to say or to share and here was a mechanism to do it that wasn't a blog because we need to use our voice. We, we don't want to write. We want to express in our voice. And so it was just, everyone was just so excited and happy and we couldn't believe that this was happening. And then the real pivotal moment was the very first conference 
Turns out the very first conference was run by a couple of guys who were literally my neighbors. I didn't even know it when it first started. They lived in my community, and I met them at a podcast group in Orange County, California. And thank God they put the show on in Ontario, California, which was only about an hour and a half from my house. So very easy to drive to, cheap hotels, easy to do. If it was on the East Coast, I don't, it would be much harder for me to um, justify going, okay? I got a full-time job at that time. I like my full-time job. Why are you going to fly across town for this bizarre hobby you're doing? But I was able to go. That first conference, and it wasn't even called Podcast Expo. It was so new, it was called the Podcast and Portable Media Expo. That's how new all this was. But that weekend was one of the greatest weekends of my life. Most of us had not met each other at all. We listened to each other's podcasts, but we hadn't really met in person. Some had, but most not. And this was like super, super exciting to finally meet these people in person that you were involved with in this incredible new thing that we were all doing. And we all knew that it was special. That's when we really realized that this was special. Something was really happening here. And we all came to the sense that this is a revolution. We're going to actually change the world. I mean, that sounds a little nutty, man. You know, a little... I mean, that sounds a little nutty, maybe. But that's what we felt. Like, we're going to change the world. This is going to blow away radio. This is going to blow away media. This is going to change everything. And when you got that sense, when you were at that conference and everyone started to get that sense, then you really started to get even a more intense emotion like, holy cow, oh my God, I'm in the middle of an actual revolution of media. And I'm right here. I'm one of the founders. We're pushing this forward. We're, we're the ones doing this right now. Soon everyone will. But we're the ones fueling it now and getting it to that point. It, it was incredible. It's one of the things that made it so exciting. Not only had my dream come true, but now I was at the forefront of an actual honest-to-God revolution. Oh, my God. And, you know, I don't want to make it too big. Like I said, I'm not, you know, inventing the cure for cancer. But, you know, look at podcasting today. It took a little longer, and it didn't take the path that maybe I thought it would. And these things never do. But look at podcasting today. It's massive. Everyone's got a podcast, and podcasting is mega business. Now we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Very large corporations now into podcasting. Spotify, creating a podcast network, 
buying up a bunch of different existing podcasts. Same for others. Apple's got podcasts. Amazon's got podcasts. Google's got podcasts. There isn't a large company that doesn't. Many, many radio people. Remember, I told you this was going to change radio. Many, many radio people now have podcasts. Either they left radio and now they're podcasting, or they have a podcast that complements their radio show. Either way, this is having a massive impact. Millions upon millions of people are now listening to podcasts. Every hour that they listen to a podcast is an hour that they are not listening to the radio or even watching TV. Pod, I don't know what the podcast listening time is, but it is now at a point where it's probably fairly significant, which is why you're seeing so many hundreds of millions of dollars being spent because this is now worth money. There is advertising and sponsorship that is truly valuable because there are millions of people who are on board with this. And even better, podcasting is kind of a niche market. Each podcast has its own little theme, its own little community. And so you can get to a much more targeted audience than the mass media where there's just a giant conglomerate of people who are watching. And so there we are. Podcasting has changed the world. And I was there at the very beginning doing my part among a handful of other people. And it was, it was like being in a cool club that only a handful of people were involved with and most people didn't even know about. It was this secret cool club and we're all doing this cool thing that someday is going to change the world and you don't even know it yet. I was never the cool kid. I'm never in the cool kids club. I never hang out with the cool kids. I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a weirdo. So for me to finally be part of something, to be in the cool kids group, was also pretty great for me because I was always someone kind of looking in from the outside. There was no clique that I fit into at school, okay? Didn't have a clique for nerds back then, for geeks. Now, one quick story uh, revolving around this as well, because a lot of people think that podcasting started with iTunes. When Apple introduced iTunes with podcasting, a lot of people think that was when podcasting began, that Apple actually started podcasting with podcasting in iTunes. That ain't the truth. Podcasting started a couple of years before that, well before that. And it was Adam Curry who actually pitched this to Apple. He pitched it to Steve Jobs himself, so it is told by Adam. And yes, I mean Adam Curry of MTV fame, who was really the Pied Piper of podcasting back in those early days. And he knew that Apple was uh, coming out with a new iTunes, and he 
so the story goes, he met with Steve Jaws and said, hey, this podcasting thing is going to be huge. You should get into it. And by the way, I already have a directory of all the podcasts that you'll need, which I'll give to you. And then you'll just have the directory of podcasts and off you go. And I guess Steve Jobs was impressed enough to say, okay. And we all heard about this. It was secret for a while and then kind of leaked out that this was going to happen. And we were like, oh my God. This has been a private little secret club that most people don't know about. And if you try to tell them about it, they're like, what are you talking about? Is it radio? No. Then what is it? Well, it's kind of radio, but it's not radio, but it's on the internet. Well, bye-bye. I don't know what you're talking about. This was going to be a watershed moment. I mean, Apple, Steve Jobs is going to go out there and introduce podcasting to the world. This was going to be the watershed moment where podcasting would be introduced to the masses by Jesus himself. We all knew this is it. Hold on to your hats. This is it. We are entering a new era. It was exciting, but frankly, we didn't really see the forest for the trees because here's what happened and it's not surprising when you really think about it apple introduces podcasts and podcasting came to itunes and we all fired up our new version of itunes and we went to the podcast page and what did we see npr the new york times and lots of other very large organizations and corporations. Did we see our favorite indie podcasters, our fellow comrades that we had been in league with for all these years building this? Not so much. A few, yeah, sure. A few of them sprinkled in. But the vast majority of pioneers such as myself and many others, were not really included at all. Oh, you could find us. We were in the directory, way, way down there. Or if you searched or what have you. But clearly, the star of the show were the big guys, the NPRs, the New York Times, I don't even remember the other, but, you know, big brand names. That was the star of the show, not the indies, not the people who built it. And we were disappointed. Like, oh, oh, okay. So that's the way it is. It was just a bit jarring. We thought that we would get a lot more play. But we didn't, you know. It's always what's that phrase? It's always the pioneers who never, never are remembered, who always get trampled on, you know. But it makes sense. Come on, Steve Jobs, Apple. These are big boys. This is big time, multi-billion-dollar stuff. They're going to launch this revolutionary new feature with a bunch of who? 
David Jacobs from Newport Beach who does what? Come on. No. You need to launch with big household brand names. If this thing is going to go, if the average guy is going to get excited, guy or gal, right? Because the average guy or gal, not the geek or the weirdo or the fringe, but the average Joe Blow, Jane Blow, they don't know who the hell I am. They don't know who Don and Drew are, Michael Butler. They don't know who any of these people are. And why should they really care? They know who NPR is. They know who the New York Times is and the rest of them. And they like those things. Oh, a New York Times podcast. Cool. I might check that out. So it makes total sense if you really think about it. It had to be that way. But it was a little disappointing. We didn't really get our due, but pioneers never do get their due, do they? And I wouldn't say there was an anti-corporate, but there was a little distrust of what the corporate larger entities were going to do with their podcasting. You see, there was a whole ethic in podcasting that was not necessarily about slick, cool production. I often call it punk rock. Podcasting was like punk rock, okay? It was a bunch of people that you don't know who they are. Some of them can play their instruments okay. Some of them can't. But it doesn't matter because it's about the attitude. It's about the message. And it's about the authenticity and the raw passion. That's what it's about. And this was the ethic in the group. Everybody understood this. But NPR, New York Times, they're going to be slick, hot productions. There's nothing wrong with that, I suppose. But they don't have the same goals as we do. They've got to answer to shareholders. And they just, they have different goals than us. We're here to change the world. They're here to make a buck. And podcasting by then had already been a little bit stratified, I will say, because by the uh, second or third podcast expo, second or third year of podcasting, money was starting to creep in. There were people who said, oh, I'm going to go see if I can't get a sponsor for my podcast. Maybe someone will throw me a few bucks to have a little ad on my show because I've got a bit of an audience here. And that happened. People did get some sponsorships here or there, just hustling on their own. So already, podcasting was slightly, I won't say split, but there were those who saw value in the dollar and wanted to go after the monetization of podcasts. And there was another little wing that were not. I was in the wing that was not. Mostly because a lot of us already had full-time jobs that we loved. This was more of a hobby, not a career. 
So we didn't, we had no interest in the money. I was more interested in the punk rock ethic than making money. But I cannot say anything bad about those who wanted to go the other direction. Maybe they had full-time jobs, but they wanted to change careers. Who knows? I can't say boo to you just because you want to try to monetize and make some money. Not for me to say, you can't do that. But there was this little divide between those that really wanted to go after the money and those who wanted to be punk rockers and shake the world. It wasn't a problem. We didn't disrespect or hate each other. It was just a little bit of a, a little bit of uncomfortableness. Little bit. Well, we can go on forever, but I won't go on forever. The rest is, is history. The point being, I was part of a revolution. I was part of something that changed the world from the very, very beginning. And that's something that I will always, it will always be special to me. It will always be very special to me because you, you don't get that chance in life. Hardly anyone gets that chance. That will always be a super special part of my life. And I'm so proud of what we did. All of us pioneers who you don't know any of their names. I can almost guarantee you, you don't know any of these people. Doesn't matter, I suppose. But I'm so proud of us and what we did. Because we did it, man. We built it. We kept after it. And we brought it to what you see it as today. It's not the same form at all. I think podcasting today is very, very different than it was. I'm one of the very few podcasters left who I think I still hold on to that old punk rock ethic. There's not many of us left. Solo podcasters, there's not many solo podcasters who go just me. Almost everybody wants to have a co-host or a panel or a what have you. Not many people want to stand here quote-unquote alone, but you're not alone. I've said this before in many podcasts. You're here. I'm with you. I feel you. This is, I'm not alone at all. I'm among my best friends. But, you know, theoretically, you're alone in your closet. Most, a lot of people don't want to do that. But in the, in, back in the day, everyone was a solar pod, every, almost everyone was a solo podcaster who's in it for the love, for the passion, because they have something to say. And that's it. No other alternative motive. There's very few podcasters who have that pure of an ethic. Handful, but not many. Um, and I love that. I love being one of very few who are that way. I'm trying to make my money in voiceover new career for me. I never once thought making money in podcasting. It's very hard. I'd much rather make money with voiceover. Podcasting will always be my hobby. Although now, podcasting is also a marketing vehicle for me. So, <laughs> I am into podcasting for the quote-unquote money now, although it's 
ancillary money. It's, you know, a, a means to an end, which is fine. So now maybe you could say I play both sides of the fence. I'm still a punk rocker. But, uh, hey, if you want to hire me for some voiceover, go to davidjacobsvoiceover.com. Listen to my demos. I'd love to work with you. There you go. The punk rocker sells out. I'm Green Day. <laughs> oh, man. It's not a sellout. One of my friends said, it's not selling out. It's just how much are you selling out for? <laughs> That's all that matters. Thank you very much. I appreciate you sitting through this, uh, this story. Big part of my life. Other than the birth of my children, it's probably the thing I'm most proud of. That I got to be a part of that. And it's really that. I got to be a part. It's not like I, I'm the one I did this. I got to be a part of it. And it was a whole group of people that did it together. Other than the birth of my kids, it's, it's the most thing I'm proudest of and happiest with. It's, it's better than anything I ever did in any of my regular careers. By far. My regular career didn't change the world. They didn't do much of anything, really, in the end. This changed the world. Unbelievable. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Again, davidjacobsvoiceover.com because I am after that dollar because I need to feed my family. <laughs> you know, I don't need to be Elon Musk. Just need to feed the fam. Go on a vacation here and there. That kind of stuff. Um, so go on over there if you'd like to work with me. I'd love to work with you. I do uh, commercials, corporate narration, e-learning, podcast. You want a podcast announcer? Uh, hell, whatever it is, let me have a shot at it. Who knows what we could, uh, what we could do. Really, really like to work with you. I strive to be very easy to work with and deliver really great results in a very timely manner. That's sort of my business ethics. Fast, efficient, super easy to work with. Thank you very much. Talk to you next time, guys.